Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, everyone. Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Amy Dean. She is a, a clinically certified trauma counselor and an awakening transformation coach. Good afternoon. How are you, Amy? Hi, good afternoon. I'm doing well, thank you, and excited to be here. Welcome, and I am so excited to have you here and honored. So thank you for taking and making the time to be here with me today and share a little bit about your story and your journey. I'm really excited to dive right in and get started. I appreciate you, so thank you. Yes, thank you. You as well. I know I'm truly honored to be here. It's been, you know, definitely a journey to, you know, as I talk about healing the <laughs> child, I mean, we could go on and on, so I won't even yeah. dive in just yet, but um, <laughs> there's so much I could say, and I know we've already started talking about this topic, so I look forward to having this conversation conversation with you. Yes, absolutely. So Amy, how long have you been doing this work? And I'm curious, what is, for those who might not know, what is an awakening transformation coach? Yes. Oh, great question. So I have been doing this work. So I guess we'll start with, you know, how long I've been a, you know, a counselor for. And okay. even before that, I worked as a coach, actually. So I, I worked as a coach for, it's probably been a good 12 or 13 years, although I did take a bit of a break while I was in, you know, in school for therapy and becoming a trauma counselor. And so that's been about seven years now since I've been working as a counselor. And so essentially the awakening transformation coach is the, the whole idea around that is that I help women to connect with their highest self. And by doing that, we are transforming the old version of themselves, right? These different mm -hmm. aspects of their subpersonalities, such as maybe a perfectionist or an inner critic. And we're transforming that old version of who they have felt that they were and helping them to transform into who they really are. And then really that leads to a spiritual awakening as well, you know, which is our yeah. natural inner state. And that's my that's, experience anyway. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Why did you decide to focus your energy and business on helping to empower women? And did this journey begin with your own personal struggle? Yes, it did. Absolutely. So I often find that, you know, we end up in the fields that we most need to learn and grow and heal from. And my experience has been that I needed to do my own trauma healing work. And I thought I was doing it. You know, it was one of those things where I started this process of doing my own therapy work when I became a counselor and then discovered that, you know, when my dad, you know, suddenly passed away, which has been about six years now, mm -hmm. it hit me so hard. He was my absolute best friend. It hit me incredibly hard. And it was really clear to me at that point that the work I had done, not that it wasn't completely for nothing, I really did a lot of deep work, but it did not get down to the root. 
And I realized I felt very young. I felt a lot of vulnerable inner child type emotions coming up that I just couldn't pinpoint in, in the, you know, kind of tornado, we'll say, of my grief. And it wasn't until I started to go inward and get in touch with my inner child more deeply that I uncovered that we've got these four different wounds that we are up against as human beings and that we have to heal that at the absolute root before we can fully, you know, feel resilient, before we can move through these really challenging times of being human, such as when we have deep losses and grief right in our lives. So grief was kind of the, I would say the, the catapulting experience for me to understand that my inner child needed to be healed and yeah. much more deeply than I had ever thought was possible. So, so yeah. wow. I mean, I've, I've been through that too with the grief. I lost my father in October. So I, oh, I feel your pain and it's, it's oh, still so fresh. Like, yeah. Thank you. And it's been a hell of a journey. And I know I still have a long way to go, yeah. but it's tough for sure. It really is. I mean, when you experience a loss that profound of losing a parent, it's a lot. Oh yeah. It changes everything. I mean, it changes your sense of self, right? Your identity, how you relate to the world. And it, it takes a lot of time to even process through that. So so my heart goes out to you too, because I, I know that's definitely, it's really raw at the beginning. It is. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. So who did you have to lean on and how did you overcome your personal struggles? Like who did you have to turn to and support you to get through those times? Oh yeah. You know what? I, well, it's kind of interesting because I've always been, you know, I had this more like a role of I'm a teacher, right? I need to take care of other people. I'm the helper. So it was really hard for me to lean on others, to be quite honest. I had a really tough time with that for quite a while. Although I was, you know, going to healers and teachers, I still had a hard time letting go fully. And I have to say that I think one of the top people in my life that have allowed me to, you know, maybe come back to this sense of humility, right? That I can be the teacher and be the student too. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe it's okay to have both roles. That's totally fine. Was my husband. And we've been together for 13 years and we, you know, he's gone through all of these ups and downs with me. And so it was this, you know, turning towards him that I was able to actually look at a lot of these wounds within myself because I didn't know who to talk to. I did a lot of journaling at first, did a lot of meditating. I accessed the Akashic Records, which is this realm, you know, this you know, esoteric realm, we can say, of a, a spiritual experience to understand who we are you know, and to really heal those core wounds at the root. But I was accessing all that and I was, you know, journaling and I was connecting with that, but I was not turning towards people. And it wasn't until my husband was like, Hey, I think maybe, you know, you need some support. You need some extra yeah. help here because you're doing everything and you're helping everyone. And then I felt safe enough, you know, to be able to turn towards him in that way. And so he's been a huge rock, I can say in my life through this time period. And I would say in many ways, I wouldn't have been able to get through the grief itself without him by my side at that point. Cause my family was living in another state and I wasn't right. able to see them. And it was only us, you know, living in California away from everybody. So yeah, definitely a challenging time for sure. For sure. And I mean, you can't be everything to everybody and 
exclude oh, yourself. Oh, oh my goodness, no! And you know, I wish they would have harped on that more in uh, my graduate school. Program. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you're going to be the helper now, and then you know, you have all these expectations of yourself. Already had them right when I went in, yeah. and then it just kind of almost just increases, you know, yeah. through that process of of going through the schooling that I went through. But it, yeah, this is where I, I learned. I had you know, I had a people pleaser showing up. I had a perfectionist, had a helper. I had all these different, you know, a very tough inner critic showing up. All these different parts of me were just running my life. And I was exhausted and burnt out. And I'm sure. Yeah. And realized this is not working and was able to connect the dots back to that unhealed inner child within me that was the cause of all the suffering I was going through, all the additional suffering. So, yeah. That's how I came to this work, really, is due to that. That is profound and huge. Yeah. Whew, I know. As I sit with that, I'm like, yeah, it's so interesting to think back, right? That's yeah. What yeah. So yeah. how have these experiences helped shape the Amy you are today, both personally and professionally, do you think? Mm, yes. Oh, I love that question. So I would say starting with personally, I am feeling, and I've always been a very anxious person, just naturally, you know, just definitely genetically connected, but there was a lot of other reasons for that. And I think a lot of that is being an empath. I struggled with, you know, feeling comfortable in my own skin and feeling highly sensitive. So what has really changed a lot for me is I feel incredibly present. I feel incredibly grounded. Even when there is anxiety, it doesn't take over in the way it used to. I used to get really intense, you know, panic attacks and that has subsided completely. I have not had panic attacks in so many years. I can't even count. So that's great. Yes. I just feel it's kind of hard to explain, but it's almost like an at-homeness within myself of, you know, it's like now I feel like I can be authentic, right? I can show up in the way I need to and that it's okay. I don't need to prove anything and that I feel safe within myself and and a deep trust in the universe too, which is where I think the huge disconnect was for me, right? And feeling safe and trusting that the universe had my back kind of thing. And so now I feel that in a very deep way in my relationships and, and of course, in all areas of my life, but especially with my relationships. And then when it comes to professionally, how that's shown up, you know, I feel that many times my clients tell me, for example, you know, I, I just love your energy or I love just being around you. I love just spending this time and I feel like I can meditate deeper. I feel like I can go deeper within myself when we're doing work together. And I think that's because when one person shows up authentically as themselves, other people recognize that. We can feel, we know when somebody's being real or we know when somebody is being a false self, but you know, it's not that it's on purpose, right? It's because we have these wounds inside and we're just trying to survive sometimes. And I think, you know, that can create a mirrored experience for other people. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I so. think also when we throw show up as authentic, it gives other people the opportunity and to feel safe in order for them to stand up and be authentic mm-hmm. as well. Absolutely. It gives them permission. Ooh, I love that. It gives them permission. Yes, yeah. because 
it's so hard sometimes, right? To feel like I hear this from my clients that it's so hard to just show up authentically because then this is where the wounds come in, right? Yeah. Which is something like, well, what if I lose the people I love? What yeah. if I have conflict with them? What if something terrible happens as a result of just being fully myself and saying no sometimes yeah. when they're used to me saying yes? And that's the deep fear, you know, and it's so mm -hmm. hard to tell someone, go set boundaries or, or be yeah, yourself, for sure. you know, <laughs> or Absolutely. be authentic. Yeah. Without actually getting down to the root of what's causing that, that pattern, right? And yeah. that behavior in the first place. So when you're doing your trauma counseling work, do you find it hard not to bring your work home with you? And how do you deal with that so that you do your best to not do that? Oh, yeah. You know what? That has been a struggle, like off and on throughout my career, I have to say. But now I have a very specific technique that I use okay. because I work from home. I right. would say it was much easier when I worked in the office, to be quite honest. That was much easier. I was able to you know, just shut the door and leave everything there. Right. And to clear right. the energy and, and drive home. And there was a, a distinct, almost like transition, right. From one experience of being with clients to going home. But I work actually travel full-time in my RV with my husband and work from the RV. Okay. And so we have a very small space and I have a very small office and in the small office, you know, is where I do everything. I mean, I see clients here, I do other work here. So I have to be incredibly intentional about kind of, I use like a visual container in my mind. Mm -hmm. Where I put things in that, you know, after I've finished with a, a client session, I put what we talked about inside of the container and I lock it up for our next session. And I, you know, energetically and emotionally decide that that's time, right, to set that aside. And it's not always easy. You know, sometimes it's it's tough because if I have one client back to back, then I have to remember later, oh, yeah, I was carrying some of that, right, with some of that energy. So then at the end of the day, I'll do, you know, some clearing meditation work. And then I, I like to do kind of mini meditations throughout the day, too. And that's mm -hmm. just really coming back to being present and grounded and reminding myself of what my energy feels like, right, as opposed to to others' energies so that I can really show up and it's like a clean slate with each person that I'm with. So, That's brilliant. And it's yeah. being mindful, yeah. which is important. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I've heard people say that work in the trauma field as a counselor, that this work chose them as opposed to them choosing this field of work to get into. Do you feel that same way? And if so, why do you feel that way? Yes, absolutely. Well, I would say that this definitely chose me. I was not, when I started school anyway, in, in my graduate school program, I didn't go in saying, I'm going to be a trauma counselor. I said, I'm going to be a counselor. You know, I'm going to help people. I don't really know how that will show up right now, but I know I'm going to you know, be a helper in some way. And so it didn't really actually hit home for me until I was in one of my graduate school classes, and it was particularly around trauma. And at the time, I was going through a really, really hard time with my dad. My dad had struggled with addiction, you know, on and off throughout his adult life. Mm -hmm. And so at that moment, you know, I was in a very deep fear mode 
of, is my dad going to be okay? I was very afraid, you know, and he was, you know, highly depressed. And so there was this real like parallel experience in my graduate class where we were learning about trauma, how to work through it, how to help people through it. And I was trying to use some of those tools and resources, like in the exact moment, like I had to get up in the middle of class, for example, to deal with this, you know, life situation that I was going through with my dad. And it, it wasn't until the end of that class that, you know, when I had time to really process it, that I discovered, you know, this is my work. Like, this is it. Like, this is what I'm meant to do because this is something I need to heal within myself, you know, and by healing within myself, I'm going to be well, you know, set up to help others heal this within themselves as well. So it just felt natural. And to some extent too, I mean, I noticed that through the tools and, and resources I learned, I felt like I was more in control and didn't feel so scared of, you know, life throwing another curveball, right? And I think that idea of like building resiliency and feeling strong and empowered within myself and helping others to also feel that is one of the big reasons that I started or why I decided to actually get clinically certified as a trauma therapist. So that is an incredible feeling being able to, to impact people's lives in that way and give back in that way. Yes, absolutely. It is. And it's one of those things too, where, you know, it's, it's all about the personal healing of trauma that has to happen first, right? Before I can work with my client's trauma. And I find that I have developed enough tools, resources, and of course, like a, a, over time, just a grounded sense of aligning as my true self or my higher self to be able to sit with that without it taking over like it used to for me, where I would just be so tired and so sad and really feeling, you know, my client's pain for days on end. And I just knew that wasn't healthy, but didn't really know this was like more towards the end of my graduate program when I just got started as a therapist. Didn't really know how to be with that, you know, but it that's took a lot away. of weight to carry. Oh yeah, it is. It is a lot of weight to carry. And I often hear from people, it's like, it's so great you're doing that work. And I remember at the time when somebody said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, well, I need some resources (laughs) because (laughs) I'm heading towards burnout. And I know that's not good because I just started this career. Yeah, yeah, definitely not a good way to start. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But you know, it's it's all about practice over time, right? And starting to utilize the tools that I teach others as well to implement that. So you're not only preaching, but you're practicing what you're preaching, which is great. Exactly. Because I know that, you know, in many ways, it's actually interesting when my clients show up and they're going through something, I find it something that either I have struggled with or something that I'm currently working through. Yeah. And yeah, there's, there's this really interesting effect that happens. And I realize that as I do my own inner work and, and heal and continue to you know, look at my inner child wounds and, and kind of like peel the layers back, right. To make sure that I'm working through them in the best possible way that my clients tend to show up even more for sessions. You know, they hmm. tend to want to be more involved and more committed to our work together. It's really fascinating, you know, how yeah. this, um, this energetic exchange tends to happen without our knowing. Well, what better way to serve your clients than to have gone through similar situations or same situations that they're going through? You're talking from experience. Exactly. Exactly. Then they feel less less alone, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a connection there. 
So as a trauma counselor, you say that you incorporate the ancient wisdom of the Akashic records. And I know you briefly mentioned that. Can you explain what that is and why you've decided to incorporate this particular modality into your work and how it's beneficial to your clients? Yes. And I would start with, so one thing about the counseling work is, you know, not that I can't bring, you know, kind of the spiritual esoteric into my work, but when it comes to the Akashic records, I keep it separate. So that is actually within the context of the coaching work I do as an awakening transformation coach, where we do the deep healing work in the Akashic records, which I'll go, you know, go more deeply into. I don't do the Akashic records work with my therapy clients and we use a very similar, but kind of a a little bit of a different approach in that we're not bringing together, you know, spirit guides and other, you know, spiritual content into our sessions. And that's mostly, yeah, just to keep it really clear that it's therapy work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I want to keep that container right for that. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, then the Akashic Records is within the the transformative work that I do with clients in what I call the Awakened Living Community. That's a group coaching program that I have. And within that community, what the Akashic Records really symbolize is this kind of higher dimension of consciousness within our hearts. And this is really, I mean, some people call it a place, you know, or a different realm or dimension of consciousness. I really feel it's deep within all of us. It is really the wisdom of all of our, you know, if you believe in past lives or future lives, it's the wisdom of our soul. It has all of the information or carries the information that is, you know, has been going on and on for centuries. And quite honestly, it's almost like the the internet within ourselves, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, much more connective, you know, and, and also wider than the internet, if you can even imagine. Right of the kind of information we can gather there, of the kind of healing work we can do there. I mean, it is so expansive and incredible. And the major difference I find between like, for example, meditation and the Akashic Records work is that my students tell me that they feel like a huge shift has occurred within. It's almost like they're rising up in a vibration that they were not feeling before. And instead of just feeling calm, maybe, you know, such as in a meditation, they're feeling, you know, almost like there's like intense joy or intense love. So it basically takes our normal everyday human emotions and expands them in, you know, through this work. Yes. And then that's where we heal the inner child. So I do lots of, I have lots of different tools and techniques to heal the inner child, but the Akashic core wound healing method that I use in the coaching program I honestly find that's the the deepest and best work I do with clients. And this okay. is just went through research, you know, with my students because there is this sense of connecting with something bigger and greater than you. Yeah. Which, yeah, which, I mean, we can't necessarily do as well in our therapy work, right? I mean, the, right. that's there. And it's definitely a component of my holistic work. But I find the Akashic Records, it's like, wow, like I'm connected to this web and I'm connected to the divine or the universe. And that's profound. Like that For alone sure. is profound. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. What is it that sets you and the work you do apart from other counselors and coaches? Why would they choose you to work with over someone else? Yeah, great question. I would say that I think it's all about feeling that deep connection with the person you're working with. And for me, you know, I tend to work really well with people who, of course, have struggled with what I've gone through in the past, people pleasing. So I find that a lot of people who choose to, you know, work with me are saying, look, I have tried therapy. (laughs) 
I've tried talk therapy maybe or years of therapy. And I find that no matter what, I'm still struggling with my inner critic or no matter what, I'm still finding that I have relationship conflict or I'm avoiding a lot of emotion in my life. And I'm turning to substances or I'm turning to, you know, distractions such as social media to kind of move away from the feelings I have right? That are happening deep inside. So the kind of people that come to see me and, and mostly women that come to see me, they typically turn to me because they are feeling really vulnerable. They are also tired and exhausted because they haven't healed yet from the deep work they've already done. And they also are feeling, you know, this sense of shame around not being healed and not being, you know, already done with this journey of, you know, where they've been trying to, you know, go through this whole time. And so I, I tend to find that how to know, right, if somebody's a best fit for you is really just about that connection with, you know, the energy of what it feels yeah. like to be in their presence, right? And so that's what I find mostly. Is, yeah, working with people who are ready to dive into that shame and, and actually move through it 100%. Yeah. Yeah. What, in your opinion, then, would you say is the most important quality or skill set needed in a trauma mm -hmm. counselor? Mm. Oh, yes. The number one thing, compassion, for oh, sure. Okay. I feel anyway. I yeah. definitely connect. I would say that's the number one quality that that I you know really bring to the table with my clients. That's the number one thing that I want because I want them to feel safe, right? I yeah. want them to feel like they're not alone on this journey. And we need compassion, which is definitely connected to this larger, expansive experience of the love that's deep within us. And without that, I mean, my experience is we can't heal. We can't feel safe enough to heal right? In the presence of another person or even within ourselves, unless we first cultivate that compassion within our hearts. So uh, what would you say is your greatest strength as a counselor? So I, hopefully this doesn't sound like a cop-out, but definitely compassion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like not at all. Bad. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, I just, I feel that. But I guess another strength, if I, if I add another one in here, I yeah. would say it is that when I'm grounded and centered and present with my clients, they sense that, you know, and I would say that is a huge quality of just being a great listener and hearing them out. You know? For sure. Active listening, I would say, would probably be one of the most important, aside from compassion, because yeah. your clients, obviously, they, they <laughs> want to walk away knowing that they were heard and yeah. that they felt heard and seen in their sessions. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And I, maybe those are the two, honestly, the, the two biggest ingredients, right? In yeah. a therapy session or even in the coaching work. For sure. Clients too. It's, it's really the same. And the major difference is, you know, in the coaching work, I'm not diagnosing or treating. Yeah. And so that is like the biggest difference between the two, because I have a lot of overlap in the kind of work I do. So I get a lot of questions about that too. It's like, how do I know, right? Which one I actually yeah. need. And typically, you know, for people with severe mental health, you know, kinds of concerns, then definitely therapy is yeah. first and foremost. Okay. But aside from that, I, I find coaching is usually best for anyone who's ready to to dive much deeper into their their spiritual, but also their emotional journey. And, and maybe they're ready for the next big step. I love it. Yeah. What lights you up or inspires you the most about the work you do? Mm. Oh, that's a hard one because there's so many. <laughs> mind. So what lights me up? Gosh, I have to say it's um, 
it's in that moment when I've turned, actually just did a few testimonial videos just like a couple weeks ago from, you know, some students in my program and they turned to me and one of them whom is not, you know, technically a person that tends to be pretty emotional, at least on the, you know, the outset, they don't typically show emotion as far as tears go. And she just burst into tears. And I've been working with her for years now. And she just, you know, burst into tears on our testimonial call. And these are one of the moments that it just reminds me, right? This is why I'm doing this. And she said, I just cannot thank you enough because I could never even fathom that I would become the person I am today if it wasn't for our work together. And I mean, it brings me wow. to tears right now, honestly, like my, that my is eyes are welling fucking up. powerful. Holy <laughs> shit. Yes, I know. And I'm sitting with it right now. And like, my eyes are tearing up and like, I was trying to keep it together in the testimonial video. I'm like, it's not happening. I'm going to fall apart too. <laughs> so, you know, we're going to have this kind of like, you know, me is asking you the questions while I'm, you know, tearing up over here, but it just, it really hit home for me because yeah. it's like those moments where, cause we don't think about it, you know, always. I don't turn to my clients every session and say, well, how are things going? You know, with the work <laughs> process, right. And we, we look back every few months or so and see where we're at, but it's not until those moments where the clients speak up and they let me know, you know, this has actually been the most tremendous experience. And, and several of my students have said that just in our testimonial videos recently. And there were things that I didn't even know they were experiencing, you know, like deeper changes in their relationships. And, you know, some of them were having chronic health issues, you know, and then throughout our work together, it just completely went away. I mean, there wow. were some things we hadn't even talked about because, you know, we were deep in the work, right? And yeah, we're focused yeah. on what's happening. And so when it comes down to what my favorite thing is, I have to say it's the testimonials. You know, it's kind of also this connection with others in the community that I've built within the, the program will say my, right. you know, as well, having that community of women and sharing in that together too. But yeah, that's it. I mean, that makes it all worth it right there. It's like, Oh, that's why I'm doing this. That's it. That's the journey. Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So on the flip side of that, what would you say is one of the most challenging parts about the work that you do? Mm, gosh, both, right? If I, if yeah. I look at both therapy and the coaching, yes. So I would say the most challenging thing is seeing people come to our sessions, especially in the therapy work, where they have been so broken down by life. And they have, you know, it's taken so many just life experiences and just disappointments to get to me at that point. And, you know, seeing that there's little to no hope in our process. And this is typically like the very beginning, right? They're saying, yeah. hey, I want to believe, I want to feel like things are going to happen for me. And I really trust, you know, from what you've told me so far that it will but I have little to no hope, you know, for myself at this point. And that really tugs at my heartstrings, you know, in those moments, because I, I want to be able to, you know, wave a magic wand, of course, yeah. and, and relieve the suffering in the moment. But I recognize everyone has their own journey. And sometimes it's nonlinear. Often it's nonlinear, actually. Yeah. And yeah, and in this case, those clients that come in, I mean, it really takes a lot of time you know, because they've been through a lot. So that's the hardest part, right? Is, is helping them get back to understanding who they really are again. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the journey for sure. And seeing them broken along the way is the most challenging piece of that. But then on the other side of that, when they reach the other side of it, that's, mm -hmm. 
there's no words to describe that. I'm sure how powerful no. and incredible that feels to have been a catalyst mm-hmm. to help them along mm-hmm. the way and to oh shift that mindset. Oh my goodness. Yes, it really is. It's like, gosh, I can't even put it into words because hmm. it's almost like you can't, you, you can't really track it. I try to do like uh, questionnaires and how are things going? What do we need to shift and change on our journey together? And we'll look back and sometimes it's like, oh yeah, we've got some little changes here and some little changes there. And then out of nowhere, sometimes it'll just hit and they'll say, wow, everything shifted. And it's like that transformation just takes place because it's those little shifts that add up over time and they create this foundation for that person. And then eventually they look back just like that client did, you know, in that testimonial video and said, Hey, wow. I mean, I I don't even know who that person was. And that's it. That is it right there. Yeah. That's, that's why I do it. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. So being a women's empowerment advocate, what do you do to empower yourself and other women? Mm, ooh, I love that word too, or the, those words together, empowerment advocate. I would say that, you know, this is kind of a continuous journey. Every single time I meet with my clients, it's empowering them to step into their highest self, to step into their, you know, more confident self. And, you know, how I do that is truly just reminding them that that's already deep within themselves. So a lot of this is helping them to bring that to their everyday life in the form of actions with their you know, significant other with their friendships and starting to actually put these different tools that we use in place to remember that they're empowered. Because often, as I mentioned, there is this hopelessness that tends to occur, right? Especially with a considerable amount of trauma. Yeah. And yeah, so it's, it's baby steps, you know, it's baby steps each time to start to say, well, what would empowerment look like to you, right? If you were to step into your relationship with a completely different experience today, right? And you were to have a different kind of conversation with the people you love, how would you show up? And then we start there, you know, we start to move in that direction together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that answers the question. Yeah, I would that. say so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So speaking of empowerment, what does that word mean to you? Mm, oh gosh, this word, I love it. So empowerment to me means that we are stepping into this knowing that you know there is so much more than our pain there is so much more than our struggle and that deep inside there is this will even this will to move past that to go beyond that and to step into our highest version of ourselves so empowerment you know in many ways to me is like the bridge from the older version of ourselves with all these different parts of us that are struggling and it's the bridge over to our true selves you know, as our highest self in each and every moment. And, you know, that takes, you know, some work, of course, to empower yeah. yourself to walk that bridge each and every day. But I find that without empowerment, you know, it's it's so hard to even say, you know, how will I even get there, right? How will That I even is beautiful. That? I love how you describe that. It's the bridge from our old selves to our mm-hmm. true authentic. So I think that's such a beautiful definition. Oh, thank you. Yes. I just, I've I never heard that one it. before. That's amazing. <laughs> That's great. Honestly, I didn't either. It would just, it came <laughs> right I, I love it. That. Well, it's very fitting um, and it, it's a wonderful definition. Yes. Well, good. I, actually, as you said that too, I was thinking, wow, this is a great visual too. Yeah. Right? To help people when they're dealing with the struggles of, yes. hey, I don't have hope right now. So yeah, 
I'm going to keep Beautiful. passing this onward. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Amy, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Oh, my superpower. Oh, gosh. That's definitely a big question. I would say, let's see here. My superpower for what has helped me is, you know, honestly, I think it is this, gosh, I want to say it's coming back to like almost like forgiveness of self in some way, because you have to move through the challenges of life and you have to forgive yourself for any regrets that come up along the way in order to move forward. And I find that, you know, as I'm kind to myself, as I forgive myself for, you know, shortcomings of the past, then I'm able to move into that next higher version of myself. But without that, I could easily get bogged down by, you know, being stuck in the past as one mm -hmm. way of looking at it. So yeah, self-forgiveness, self-kindness is probably coming back to the compassion, I guess, I guess yeah. really is, is really the superpower I would say. And in man, many ways too, maybe this, um, achiever part of me, I have a high achiever that I have adored within myself and she is really great at getting things done and making things happen. <laughs> so I want to give her some credit, a shout out Absolutely. to my inner critic, but, yeah. uh, or my, you know, high achiever part. And of course the yeah. critic is there too, but, um, you know, in a healthy way, these parts, you know, have helped me move forward and have helped me connect with that knowing that I'm on the path to my dreams, you know, and helping people to heal on the deepest possible level. So yeah, several superpowers, I, I guess love now. It. That I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <Great question. laughs> How do you define success? Speaking of that word, what does that, what does the word success mean to you? Oh, you know, I would say success means, I mean, it really is a personal definition. Mine is that it's waking up every day and it's being able to look in the mirror at yourself and feel like you are you're living the life that you've wanted. And it doesn't mean necessarily that, you know, everything on the outside has come together, but it's an inner experience of, you know, I'm choosing to love myself and I'm choosing to be present and I'm choosing to be intentional today. And success really is to me anyway, about being grounded. Yeah. And connected to others and showing up authentically. So yeah, it's, it's about coming together inside, right? It's like an integration inside. And that's what success is because anything on the outside changes, everything yep. else is impermanent. And this understanding of how we show up every day is, is what we have influence over. Right. Beautifully so, said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning that? And what was your life like after you learned it? Mm, gosh, I would say I'm going to actually come back to my dad on this one because my dad was such a child at heart, loved. This is another reason why you know I connect with the inner child because he was so connected to this kind of like really silly humor and he just would be so open to, you know, just trying new things and adventure. And I just remember, you know, one of the lessons that I've learned over time was not to take life so seriously. It's been something that has been really challenging for me as a, you know, as a professional and as a person that's needed to, you know, step it up and be a high achiever and all those different parts that have shown up along the way. And my dad would always remind me, you know, even you know, this was when I was in my graduate school program, you know, before he passed, he would say, you know, it's not that bad 
you know, it's okay. It's not that serious. And it makes me tear up a little bit just to think about it because, yeah. you know, it's like, maybe we don't even realize how serious we are each and every day, yeah. right? How we yeah, might not right. bring the element of play in or the element of humor in, even though that inner child is asking for that in our everyday experience. And so that's it right there. Yeah. Just I, letting go. Yeah. I think that inner child and that childlike behavior gets lost because mm -hmm. when you become an adult, you get trapped into all the things about adulting and you forget what it's like to be a kid and that, you know what, it's okay. I think we're also conditioned as we grow up and get into those adult years that, oh, stop behaving like a child. Stop acting that way. That's childish or all of these things that we're told. And that also helps to further and further pull us away from that behavior. It's okay to act like a child sometimes. Why not? Kids are yeah. so oblivious to the things going on and just they're all about having fun. That's what it's about. And I think that we need to revisit these things as adults and get mm -hmm. back to those days of having fun. There's nothing wrong with it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could talk about that for hours. That's amazing. Yes, exactly. It's like, let's tap back in. Yeah. Right? Let's tap back in because we do have a younger self in here. Like yep. there is an us in here, right? A younger self that mm -hmm. is just craving that connection, you know, with, with play, with silliness, yeah. with yep. just, you know, with just doing something random, you know? And it's, it's so funny because we're so overscheduled and over busy yeah. and yeah. thing, you know, it's like our, you know, higher level parts, like an achiever loves that kind of thing. But the inner child's like, wow, this is boring, you know, yeah. and it's fun. Let and me <laughs> out. Let me out. Let me out. Is it the weekend yet you know and yeah. you know, you those people that are like oh my gosh thank god it's friday yeah. well uh that's the inner child right and other parts of you that's that right. are just they are feeling so trapped as a result of this life that we have set up as adults but there's room you know there's there room is. for absolutely for even and we need parts. to get back to that for sure we do we do and hopefully this will inspire everybody to i say, hope so Bring play in my life, yeah, a little bit here at a time, one step, one step at a time. Yeah, here. that's right, that's right. Baby steps. Yes, baby steps. Exactly. Like whether it's like a dance party, maybe you yeah. know that you want to have at home. There you go. Or, that's right. You know why not? Yeah. You know, do whatever Absolutely. you need to. Exactly. Yes. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you, and why? Oh gosh, I think I'm going to keep coming back to my dad on this yeah. one. Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of it too, it's not just the fact that, I mean, he went through so many mental, emotional struggles, which did lead me to become a counselor for sure. But he was so resilient in the face of them. Oh my goodness gracious. Like when I think about how strong he was through the health and, you know, depression challenges that he went through, it just inspired me, you know, not to let life overtake me. You know, when I was younger, I was like, oh, I'm going to be like my dad, you know, I'm going to be strong like my dad kind of thing. And it was really fascinating because, you know, not only did he have this element of strength and this resilience, but he also had this ability, like this wisdom, this natural wisdom and this natural ability to just make you feel loved, just to make you feel loved and make you feel seen. And as I think about that, it's like, I always wanted to be that way. And I think as I've grown up in some ways subconsciously, you know, I've said, I'm going to 
be more like my dad. And my mom even says to this day, she's like, you're so much like your father. (laughs) (laughs) He means well, I think. Thanks, (laughs) mom. I'll take that as a compliment. (laughs) That's good, actually. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Totally a compliment. But it's, yeah, it's so great. You know, I'm like my mom too in other ways too. But it's so funny. Yeah, because I I just look up to my dad in this way because I, I see that no matter what he was faced with, and I've never seen anybody, you know, go through as much as he had throughout his life. And, you know, I know there's, and of course I've talked with so many people who've been through trauma, but it's like, personally speaking, you know, when I went Mm. through with what I went through with my dad, it was just so interesting to see that there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, at the end of the tunnel of suffering. And my dad, he was always shining that light, you know, and that was huge for me. Hopeful. Yes, it is hopeful. Absolutely. Especially, you know, after knowing that we all have to go through hardships. Yeah, for sure. It's just a normal part of being human. Absolutely. Amy, what would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? Mm, The best piece of advice. I would say that it's probably, I keep coming back to this, you know, not being so serious type of thing, but yeah. I think that, you know, if I was to add another piece to that, in addition to that, it would be to just start to notice like how you feel every day. I know that's kind of strange to, you know, pinpoint as a big piece of advice, but I think we're so used to just going on with our lives and going on to the next thing and the next thing and the next Uh thing and not checking in, you know, each and every day and being mindful to our emotions. And the best piece of advice, you know, I received, and this was through, I can't even remember who it was now because it was gone to several different meditation retreats and spoke to several different teachers around this time frame of my life. But this really stuck with me that if you just check in with how you feel several times throughout the day, you know, it's like, how am I doing right now? Or in my case, you know, I ask which parts of me are showing up right now, Right. then you can realign. Like that's another moment, every moment you have to restart over, to start anew. And so that has just transformed things for me because I don't have that's, to wait till tomorrow, right? To yeah, absolutely. Good day tomorrow. Yeah. That's great exactly. advice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you feel most grateful for in your life? You know, I feel most grateful for, gosh, I, it's so hard to just choose one thing. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting looking out my window right now at this gorgeous view of the mountains and the valley. And you know, I'm living in Washington in my RV and just have this just incredible life. So it's so hard to choose just one thing, but I, of course, come back to my relationships first and foremost. I'm so grateful for the type of community that I have, the the family that I have, the, my husband, the life that we live, the opportunity to travel and consistently see new and exciting places. So I would say just as a whole, what I'm most grateful for is life really, you know, the ability to live and the ability to have these experiences. So yeah, wide range gratitude, I guess. That's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So we're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions will just be two, three, four word answer type thing. Okay. Okay. Got it. What was your dream job as a child? Teacher. (laughs) How would you describe yourself in one word? Loving. Teacher. Sorry, back to the teacher. You are doing that because you're teaching through your coaching and your counseling. So there you go. I did. Yeah, actually, you yeah, are living I, your dream. I was. I thought it would included blackboards and chalk, but um, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's okay. okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Changed a little. Yeah. What is the first thing you notice about a person? 
Ah, oh, their smile. If you came with a warning label, what would yours say? Bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> Too bubbly sometimes. <laughs> if you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? Oh, gosh. Okay. Theme song. One Republic, This Is Going To Be The Good Life. I, I don't know if that's the title, but he sings this song, This Is Going To Be The Good Life. This Is The Good Life. Okay. Yeah. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Oh, gosh. Just to love yourself, you know, just to just love everything about yourself. See it all as growth. Every little thing. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? One thing I want. More time in nature. Would you rather have more time or more money? More time. And that concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. Mm -hmm. What is your why? My why for life. Is that right? Or just mm -hmm. as a whole? Yeah. As a whole. Yep. You know, my why is to relieve suffering, just to reduce it, to relieve it, to do whatever I can to help make the biggest impact I possibly can in the lives of others. That's a big one for sure. And oh, yeah. so important. I, I really think that's why we're all here is to oh, do yeah. that. We all have our own gifts and skills that we were given and it's our responsibility mm -hmm. to give those back, to share those, to bestow those onto others and to help mm -hmm. them and support them. And that's really why we're here is to help and support one another in my eyes anyways. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I completely agree with you. I would say that this is why I think most people are drawn to making a difference in some way, right? Or this yeah. feeling of having a purpose yeah. right? And, and doing something with it to feel For like, sure. yeah, because we see fulfilled. Fulfilled. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. To feel fulfilled fully yeah. and completely. Yeah. Yes, exactly. If you had the opportunity, Amy, to sit down and have a one hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? <laughs> so hard to choose one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So I really love Byron Katie. Okay. I think she's incredible in her work. And I've talked with her briefly at retreats, okay. but it would be really fantastic to sit down and have a one hour conversation with her, at, you know, like a more personal one-to-one -one conversation. Yeah, yeah. Yes. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? Oh, wow. Way to turn the tables, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that at the end. So what would I ask you or ask myself, I guess, rather? Mm-hmm. So I guess one question would be, you know, basically, you know, who would be right for this coaching work, you know, and as far as like this next steps around, you know, really healing the inner child and how would that, I guess the big question is how would you, you know, as in me, how uh -huh. would you be able to, you know, guide those people through those next steps? In other words, what is that next step? for them okay. to really start the journey of healing their inner child, okay. perhaps. Yeah. There you go. Answer your question. Yeah. I figured that was coming next. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know you're a smart woman. I know yeah. you did. <laughs> I was like, hmm, that one feels like that one might be the, the next A little bit of a setup. Only <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So I would say that I, so I offer a spiritual awakening guidebook. This is a complimentary, you know, download through my website and what this offers is the opportunity to look at different various phases of your awakening journey, to understand more about your core wounding, and then to go deeper into this journaling process to understand more of 
what is keeping me stuck? What are some blocks that are keeping me from showing up as the highest version of myself every single day? And this journal helps to create self-awareness, but also helps you to take action and create change as well. So that's the first big step is to start using this particular workbook. And then from there, if interested, contacting me for a kind of a consultation, you know, to talk about what that looks like. And if you're interested in in learning more about the program, I'd be happy to talk with you further about it as well. And of course, all of Amy's details will be put in the show notes. So you will have the ability to reach out and set up a time to chat with Amy if you are interested in doing that through the information that will be provided in the show notes on how to contact her. So Amy, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Mm, Oh my gosh, I can just see her now. So, you know, as I even think about that and moving towards her in this moment, that advice would be, you are perfect exactly the way you are. There is nothing that needs to change about you. And in fact, you know, you get to be, you get to show up exactly the way you want to and that it's okay to be fully yourself. So I, th- I think that's a couple pieces of advice. Yeah, in that's one, okay. But... I love that though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, your corner of the world, your tribe, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What would you say or what words of wisdom would you impart? Oh, goodness. Wow, that's a big one. So 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. That's hard to pull into 30 seconds. Oh. <laughs> okay, here I am getting up on stage. Yeah. And yes, last piece of advice would be that, you know, maybe the biggest key to happiness is to surrender what we thought we needed to be happy. For instance, to, you know, think that we need all these outside experiences, right, to be happy or all these, you know, monetarily type of situations or physical things that we need to be happy. But really, that is if we just drop that right now, right, the key to truly being happy is to surrender, to let go and notice that it's already here. Joy is already here right here and right now. So I don't know. Was that 30 seconds? That was, that was beautiful. It doesn't have to be exactly 30. That was beautifully said in a perfect way to end the interview. So Amy, thank you so very much for your insights, your wisdoms, for taking the time to be here with me today. It was an absolute pleasure to be able to sit down and, and speak with you and learn more about who you are and what you do. And the work you're doing is incredibly important and needed in the world. So just keep shining that bright, beautiful light of yours out into the world and giving back in the way that you do. I am honored and absolutely so excited and happy to have you as a member of the Empowerography community. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you as well. And this has just been a tremendously just amazing experience. So thank I've you learned again. a lot. We've we've covered yeah. a lot today and there's been a lot of breakthroughs for me anyways. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate this. This has been just such a wonderful time. Thank you again. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Amy Dean. She is a clinically certified trauma counselor and an awakening transformation coach. Once again, Amy, thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You as well. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. 
You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.